0: بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على أشرف خلق رسل مرسين بعد آله وصحبه أجمعين. الله مفتح لنا فتح مبين ورزقنا رزقا مباركا كريما. اللهم ألينا الحق حق ورزقنا وَارْزُقْنَا اجْتِنَامَهُ وَأَدْخِلْنَا بِرَحْمَتِكَ فِي اعمالك الصَّالِحِينَ السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته InshaAllah <laughs> we'll discuss Surah Ghafir today. Uh, a surah entitled by name of Allah Azza wa Jal, Ghafir, The One Who Forgives. Um, this is a surah for to think of a couple of words to sum up its meanings. It's a surah about calling upon Allah the virtue, and the importance of calling upon Allah, turning to Allah. That indeed the quality of the believer, the principal quality of the believer. If you were to summarize the essence of someone who truly believes in Allah, what is that one act that defines them? One act. The greatest act that defines the believer Right? In your own mind, what would it be? Allah says in this surah, it's for you to turn to Allah Azza wa Jal and ask Him. Thinking that Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who is worthy, worthy of being asked. So it's a surah that also informs us, educates us, how Allah Azza wa Jal is indeed the only one that can that can be asked, and is the only one that is worthy of being asked. That you and I need to ask Allah Azza. Wa Jal. It's not that it just defines the believer. No, that our existence, our well-being necessitates that we turn to Allah Azza wa We have no other way. And that indeed the human being needs to ask, needs to turn to, 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 to an object, to a deity, for their own needs and that indeed the rebellious, the arrogant, the fools are the ones who end up asking someone other than Allah. That it's only a matter of time before they recognize, you and I, recognize for sure that we needed to ask Allah more and more and more. That one day indeed those who didn't ask Allah are going to actually turn to Allah to ask. But it will be too late. Too late. And they're going to acknowledge their guilt. And they're going to beg Allah to listen and Allah says it is too late. So that's the main concept of the surah. And it builds on the on, on, on a theme from Surah Al-Zumar, which we've just covered of being sincere with Allah, right? We've seen this concept before. Not that you just turn to Allah, but that you turn to Allah Azza wa Jal believing that indeed He is the one. No one but Allah, that He, he completely suffices you, He completes you, He fulfills you, He doesn't turn you away. He is perfect. Perfect. So it builds on what was stated in Surah al-Zumar and also adds an additional concept about calling it's a surah about calling so it's calling to Allah calling Allah excuse me and calling to Allah make sense? so you call Allah when you need Allah, you call Allah Allah is asking us to turn to him night and day calling him for everything every single need in our existence and ultimately, we see this in Surah Al-Fatihah, اهدنا al Mustaqim." Ya Allah, right now we need you. We need you to guide us to the path and keep us on the path and for every spiritual, emotional, and physical need, we need to turn to Allah. But Allah also talks in this Surah about calling to Him. You see, if you really acknowledge and recognize the perfection of Allah Azza wa Jal, and He is the only one worthy of worship, worthy of worship and being called then you're going to call to him. What does that mean? Call creation to him. Remind creation that Allah indeed is worthy of being called. So it's not just me and you calling Allah. No, no, no. We need to remind others to call Allah as It makes sense? Da'wah. So dua is calling Allah. What is da'wah? Invitation. Reminding others the creation of Allah. It's the ultimate mission. So this surah is about the ultimate act, calling Allah, and the ultimate mission. What is the ultimate mission? Calling to Allah. SubhanAllah, sums up our lives and our existence. All that matters, calling Allah, dua, calling to Allah, which is da'wah. Da'wah, even when we raise our children, it's really da'wah. Calling them to becoming worshippers of Allah and becoming the best version of themselves. All that effort is about calling, really. All, the, all that we do in this masjid is calling to Allah Azza wa Calling Allah and calling to Allah Azza wa What a beautiful summation of our the essence of our existence summed up in Surah Ghafir. And this surah will illustrate the power of these two concepts in a story, in a beautiful story, very similar to the story we've heard of the caller in Surah what? Yes, see, Barakul so, we're going to tell a very similar story. You almost think it's the same story. It isn't. It's about a different individual who's not named. And we're going to see the beauty of this man. Why his name is eternalized in the Quran from the time of Fair, from the court of Fair. He actually was a secret believer. A secret believer who did something very bold and very courageous. Stood up for the truth to defend the defenseless, to defend the powerless. Musa alayhi salam and those calling. To Allah, calling to Allah. He stood up to defend them. But how did he behave, how did he act? How did he call to Allah in that moment is beautiful. It is something that we need to reflect on. And how did he call Allah in time of need? So this surah will also illustrate a very critical time in our lives as illustrated in the story of this man about a very critical time in our lives when we really need to call upon Allah. We might forget, which is the time of plotting against you, when people are scheming against you, when people are really turning up the heat on you, smear you, hurt you, harm you, verbally, physically, emotionally, what do you do? You know, it drains you. And that's a time when you can be distraught. When a human being is distraught, they cannot remember. to even call upon Allah with certain du'as. So Allah records in this surah a beautiful du'a. (coughs) That this man who was calling to Allah used. And what a beautiful dua, and Allah is asking us to use this dua, this beautiful dua. And within this surah, so we'll talk about this story and extract those insights and lessons that, by Allah, you and I need right now. You and I read now, right now. And Allah will sum up all of this in verse 60, where He says, Wa qala, in a beautiful verse, Wa qala, Rabbukum so Allah says, and Allah instructs you. He says, instructs you. Allah says, commands, call me. Can you imagine Allah pleading with us to call him? Wow. He's not just someone who created and made and initiated, he's someone who reaches down to you and me to say, please call me. Wow, I'm solely dedicated for you. As if no one else exists. Wow. Who would have thought that our relationship, and this is a really unique beautiful thing in our faith, this intimate relationship we have with our maker, where he's the one constantly reaching out, reaching down to his creation individually saying, please call me, please call me, please call me. Night and day. That he says that the essence of faith, the essence of worship is this. And then he declares in contrast, that those who are too arrogant or too forgetful, too thinking that they're above this, you know, because they're very distracted by life or by their ego, they're too arrogant to call upon Allah, right, for different reasons. Either that they're thinking, well, either they're not thinking, they forget Allah completely, and they turn to other objects of worship, begging them for help in this life, forgetting the one that deserves it, that needs it, that, excuse me, the one that we need, the one that is worthy of it, Allah. Or that they really think that Allah doesn't answer, which is another possibility. I ask Allah, but he doesn't answer. Right? Or they're too arrogant that he doesn't, they don't think he's worthy of being called. Or that they deny him completely in existence. He doesn't exist. Whatever reason, they're too arrogant. They're too arrogant to turn to Allah. He says for sure they will be humiliated. Mm. And there shall come a time where they are regretful of this. They'll be in pain over one thing that they didn't call Allah. What a beautiful, and look at how simple and easy it is to call Allah. Let us begin the surah, inshaAllah, and reflecting on some of the passages in it. Allah begins it with the two letters, Hamim. So, this is one of the surahs of what's called the Hawa'im that begin with the two distinct letters, Hamim. We've seen numerous uh, letters with which the different surahs of the Quran were begun. And in this case, Allah declares or starts by these two powerful letters, Ha, Meem. And then he says, tanzeelul al-Kitab ibn Allah al-Aziz al Once again, reminding all of us of this revelation of Allah Azza wa Jal, that it was revealed, descended by Allah. It came from the ultimate source. It's not human speech. It's the speech of Allah, the eternal, uncreated speech of Allah Azza wa Jal. He says Al-Aziz, reminding us again, and this is beautiful, the names of Allah constantly introduce to you and me who Allah is. So this is a very important concept in Islam, important concept when we raise our children, important concept in, in in, in, in Islamic education that we forgot, forgotten completely, that it's not enough to acknowledge Allah's existence by saying La ilaha illallah. It's not enough. Most people have very poor relationship with Allah, not because they don't acknowledge his existence, (coughs) including us Muslims. Why do we suffer in our relationship with Allah? Why do we uh, um, experience such distance from him? Why is it that we end up uh, worshipping Allah so superficially and without any spirit? Why do we stand up and our minds are somewhere else? One thing, it's not about not knowing Allah or acknowledging, excuse me, the existence of Allah, it's about not knowing Allah. Who the one that you're worshiping is. That make sense? So it's one thing to acknowledge his existence, he's the one he created, he made. But that's not enough in Islam. Islam goes out of its way to educate your mind and my mind and our hearts about who he is. The most incredible definitions to refine our concept of who God is. To refine our concept, a lot of people worship God. But what God? Multiple gods? Human God? God of uh, our making? Flawed God? A God that is that wakes up and sleeps? Or that has associates and family and parents and children? Or the one who doesn't understand or know? Or misjudges? Or sometimes is too wrathful to forgive? Or vengeful? Sometimes we, even when we think of God's vengeance, we think of it as human vengeance. That God can get angry, right? In the way we're angry. No, God is above. Allah says in the Quran, There's nothing like him. He's transcendent. Perfect. He's not human. He's above our conceptions. That's why in the Salah, we always say, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Bigger. Bigger bigger no matter how much you think he's merciful he's more no matter how much you think he's forgiving more forgiving no matter how much you think he's strong powerful more strong infinitely it's incomprehensible so allah here you constantly see him referring to his attributes and this is very significant for you and me to pause there so he says al-aziz al-alim the infinitely powerful the infinitely knowledgeable if we anchor our understanding of Allah in his attributes and remind ourselves, wow, he's infinitely powerful, that means nothing can overcome Allah. No matter how much we think it is powerful or strong. Can not imagine just angering ourselves in that concept? Allah is eternal, absolute, full power. But not only that, not only is he absolutely powerful, no, 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 there is no strength or power except from him. He's the source of it all. But it's also infinitely, absolutely, perfectly knowledgeable. That everything that comes from him emanates from wisdom. Absolute, perfect wisdom. That Whatever you and I know is from him. <coughs> and that whatever we experience in this existence is out of his knowledge. Wow, imagine if you know just that, that your maker knows it all, and that nothing is an accident, and it's all desire, and it's all under his control. Wow, what does it do to faith? It settles our faith, calms us down. You see how when we just say, La ilaha illallah, la hawla wa la quwwata alla quwwata illa billah." no strength, no might. How subhanallah, how perfect is Allah? Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah. It settles the heart, anchors the heart. That's why we see Allah constantly introducing himself to us. And here in the Surah, he introduces himself once again. Here is who I am, that's why. So he's making the case for you and me to do what? What's the concept, what is the main theme of this surah? Mm -hmm. Calling Allah. Why should I call someone who's not strong? Why should I call someone who's not knowledgeable? Does that make sense? So here he is reminding once again, please call me, I'm the most, I'm the strongest. I'm the most powerful. There is no strength or might except from me. I'm the most knowledgeable, why not call me? Make sense? And here he is in verse 3 introducing us to him um, by highlighting something we, we probably haven't heard him being uh, attributed with before. He says, mm-hmm. So he says, I am the one really worthy of being called. I am the one who forgives at them. That's sin right now. Ghafir is someone name of Allah. There are multiple names of Allah that refer to His forgiveness. Remind me of some. Ghafoor, <laughs> Ghaffar, <laughs> Rahim, merciful indeed, Ghafir, Rahman, right? These are different derivatives and variations, mm-hmm. but even on the concept of Mafira, there's three. Ghafir, Ghaffar, Ghafoor. Ghafoor is the one who constantly forgives <laughs> any sin. Ghaffar is the one who forgives the constantly, but especially the most severe. He's covering all types of sins, from the minutest to the biggest, throughout time. All the time. But Ghaffar refers to now. Right now, if I'm to refer to somebody doing something, I would use that Sira, that form. Ghafir, he's reminding you and I, right now, for the thing we need him to forgive us for, he'll do it right now. Wow, this is amazing. Dadun that, that you're gonna ask for right now, he's in the process of forgiving it for you. But we're unaware. Then he says, Ka'abilit tawbi. He's the one who accepts tawb. What is tawb? It's uh it, you know we heard of tawbah. Tawbah is is repentance to Allah. Tawbah is the least form, the least um um the the littlest form of turning to Allah, asking for forgiveness, so to speak. That you just barely did it, right? Right? And Allah says, he'll take it. Wow, what kind of mercy is that? That he just wants us to just make a little tiny attempt to to, to just accept us and and forgive our shortcomings. And he'll say, please do it. I'll take it right away. Because (laughs) you do not understand or comprehend the extent, the magnitude of my infinite mercy. Then he says, but at the same time, He's not a neglectful God. For those that commit transgression and injustice, he is what? Shadeed, intense in his punishment. Intense in his punishment. This is not human punishment. This is God's punishment that is, that is based and founded in what? Knowledge, perfect knowledge, wisdom, and justice and mercy. Make sense? Not like you and I, vengeful, out of control, emotional, etc. No, Shadeed, but he's warning. Warning! And imagine if God wasn't. For those who say, "Why is God always warning of His punishment?" Imagine if there is no such a thing as accountability. What kind of lives will we live? What what kind of bitterness does it give us that someone who insisted on transgression, on really violating honor of human beings, even honor of God, honor of faith, honor of everything on this earth, right, trampled upon earth? Constantly without ever repenting or turning to God, right? No remorse. Why wouldn't they have their day, right? It, it, it makes no sense. That means there's something flawed in the system. So Allah reminds us of this. Then he says, Vitawl. We've not heard of this uh, expression before. What is it? Vitawl. tawl is what? From "Tul," like length. So Allah says the one who possesses length. Length of what? Reach. Reach. He has, he's far reaching. The reach of Allah is incomprehensible. It means what? Nobody can escape. But it's not just referring to his vengeful, excuse me, to his punishment, that it would surely reach everyone. Nobody can escape it. Nobody can escape God's power. It encompasses everyone. It reaches everything. It's like, how far can you reach with your arm, right? I'm like, if oh, only if I can get you one day, I'm gonna get you, right? Because right now you're not within my field of influence, but one day I'm gonna get you. That means short thought. Mm. That extent is very limited, and we always use this expression, like or or, kind of uh, these ideas when we're trying to impact people around us. Oh, only if I had, oh, only if I was, if if I had the, the strength and the, and the and the and the resources to help you out, but I don't. That means my thought, my Reach is very short. I don't have power. I'm not in... I don't have that position in the company to help you out. Sorry. Maybe when I get promoted one day, right? But I don't have it right now. Or you use it to just threaten people, like one day. But then when we have it, we go out of control, right? We abuse the, the long range and the, the impact of our influence and power when we have it. Allah is not like that. He says he's So his reach is very far. And it includes everything and it touches everything and nothing can escape it. That includes not only his power, but also what? His rahmah, his mercy, his forgiveness, his gentleness, his kindness, and his answer. He answers us, nobody will ever be turned away. That's an amazing concept. And Allah emphasizes it in this surah. And then he speaks of those who turned a blind eye to all of us. They chose not to understand or want to know who God is. And they argued and argued and argued and rebelled against the best, most basic call to Allah. And they were arguing with it. You see, when we don't have God anchored in our hearts, we start to argue with his instructions and guidance. Because we think we know better. Because we no longer have him as, recognize him as the object of worship. So somebody else has to be the object of worship and that suddenly becomes my ego. I know better. How many people argue with the Quran? Or literally argue with the Quran? Argue with Rasulullah Wasallam. Argue with his guidance. Or choose to take one over the other. Say, no, I will follow Quran, but not Sunnah. Argue with it, Thinking they know better. They want to teach Allah, literally teach Allah what is best. How many people question God? Constantly. Why did he do that? Why did he make it difficult? Why did he say that verse and it makes no sense? How come? We're constantly arguing with God. That shows what? That there is an a flawed understanding of who God is in our hearts and weakness of faith. Weakness of faith. That's really, whenever we become bitter with God, just bring it back to what kind of God are you worshipping? Who He is? And reminding ourselves of who Allah is because when we really know Him, we'll surrender to Him. If we know Allah truly, we'll surrender to Him. So Allah speaks of the, ونوع, the people of Noah, and the Ahzab, the parties that really, really rebelled. And where are they now? And they always uh, attacked and assaulted those messengers that call to God. Make sense? Those calling to God are always abused. Right? Because people are busy. Right? Um, kind of following their desires and whims in this life. They don't want somebody to distract them from that or to take it away. So they end up constantly abusing those calling to Allah. But Allah is going to also tell us how to call to him in this surah. And then in verse seven, this is a beautiful thing that illustrates God's incredible love and affection for those who turn to him. Those who make dua to Allah, those who really take Allah as their God, that they worship. How precious is their faith? How precious is your faith and my faith? How precious is you coming right now, uh, seven o'clock in the morning to learn about Allah's word? learn about who he is. That's why we're here, right? We're learning about his work. How precious is that? How many of us belittle that? Allah tells us, right now, you're precious. So far, and I am the taw. So my mercy is going to reach you, and my affection, I'm going to illustrate to you my affection for you. So he says, So he says, this is like, for me, one of my like most dear verses in the Quran. Like incredibly affectionate set of verses from Allah. That really, yeah, and it gives you solace and glad tidings. Here's what Allah says. Allah says those who carry his throne. The angels that carry the throne of Allah and those angels that surround it and hover around the throne of Allah. He's now informing us what they do. What, if you were asked right now, you and I are sitting, learning by the blessing of Allah and His mercy and grace, His word. What are the angels carrying the throne of Allah doing right now? Carrying the highest angels. That carry the throne of Allah and surround it and hover around it. What are they doing? Allah informs us. We would have never known. First act is the act of the believer, which is what? Dhikr of Allah. Yusabbihuna bihamdi rabbihim. First thing that they do is that they're right now making mention of Allah, doing tasbih of Allah, saying, Subhanallah wa bihamdi. Wow, this is amazing. Why is it amazing? Like, Allah is telling you right now, you and me, if you're making dhikr of Allah, mention of Allah, mention of God Almighty by praising Him, declaring His perfection with the word what? How do we declare His perfection? Subhanallah. Subhanallah. How do you praise Him and adore Him? That you're saying, I am am in love with you. So, Alhamdulillah. They're doing that right now. That's what they're busy with? Yes. Allah is informing us. That right now, if you do it, you join their company. Right now, you're linked the highest creation, by you doing what? SubhanAllah and alhamdulillah, really, truly, from your heart. And imagine now, if we start doing that, and while you're doing subhanAllah and alhamdulillah, you're thinking the highest angels, right now, are doing the same. What a company. What an honor. That's number one. Number two act, But they really also believe in Allah. They're witnessing him, and they're not just making mention of him just because. It's because they really adore and believe in Allah. So he's highlighting the importance and the virtue of what? Faith. Faith is not a little thing. <coughs> Faith is really believing in something transcendent, bigger than our lives. For many people, they take it for granted. It isn't. Some people make fun of it, because it's not tangible, right? Well, what's the whole point of ilhad? denial of God's existence? It's to say that reality is just what you feel and measure. For you to believe beyond that, there's a reality beyond the atoms and the matter is a big deal to Allah. Such a big deal to Allah, don't ever belittle your faith, brothers and sisters. Don't ever belittle or the faith of anyone. Even if they're not doing anything, just because they have that faith in their heart. It's a big deal. So Allah tells us the highest angels believe in Him. Are they done? That's what they're busy with? Here's the honor. Here's the dignity. Here's the glad tidings. Here's the solace for you and me. Who are struggling with this life, not wondering what's going to happen to us. How worthy are we to God Almighty? How worthy is our faith? Allah says, (laughs) He says, and they're also busy making istighfar for the believers. What is istighfar? Asking God, calling God. Remember? Calling God is the main theme of this surah. The angels are also calling Allah for what? What is on their mind? What is the thing they're concerned with the most? The highest angels of Allah who carry his throne are concerned and they're saying, begging, Oh God, Oh God, do this. What is that thing? Please forgive the believers. What does that show you about them? They have what? Affection for the believers. Who made them like that? Allah. Allah says, you're so dear to me. I made mean, my highest angels mention you. Well, they mention Allah, praise Him, glorify Him, believe in Him, and they're busy night and day making du'a for you and your children and your families, just because of your faith. And specifically doing what, asking for maghfirah, forgiveness for all of your shortcomings and sins. Because if you're forgiven, what? That's it. You're set free. What is anyone the, the surah? Maghfira. So they understand it. They understand. Allah's forgiveness. They understand the power of it. They understand it's something, that it's a gift for you and me that Allah is very for forgiving. And they understand it and they ask Allah with it, Ya ghafir, ighfir. Specifically, forgive those who have faith in you. Know you by name, brothers and sisters. Yeah. That's incredible. But Allah tells us further how they make the dua. They say, Rabbana When they're praising Allah, when they're making dua, for the believers, they say, oh God, you've encompassed everything with your mercy and your ilm and your knowledge. <laughs> so if you were to, to you know summarize your own understanding of Allah, what would it be? Allah is right now summarizing for us the angel's understanding of God. Because when you praise Allah, it really shows what you understand about it. What is it? What do, what do you think of God? Allah is telling us the angels when they praise me, They're making dua to me because when we pray to Allah, we should really praise Him first. Isn't it true? Yeah, Allah, the merciful, the forgiving, the. the, And then you ask. That's the etiquette of dua. You don't just ask, hey, give me water, Jamal. Go, look, I broke my door. Can you please help me fix it? He knows what I'm talking about. I don't like, hey, Jamal, you're really kind, nice, helpful, right? And then you ask. That's the gentle approach to asking. Allah educates us. He's educating us about how to make du'a by giving us what? A glimpse into the world of the angels who make du'a. And telling us learn from them. This is how they make du'a. By praising me first. But how do they praise him? They say, Rabbana, my, our master, you've really encompassed everything with your mercy and your knowledge. This is a very deep statement. They understand that God's mercy is what? So encompassing. Tawl. Remember Tawl? They see it. They're like, Ya Allah, everything in creation is encompassed in your mercy. Wow, they understand God's mercy that much? May Allah give us the same understanding that we say, Ya Allah, there's no way I'm out of your mercy. There's no way right now when I'm struggling, I'm not encompassed in your rahmah. That this thing that touched me, that is so difficult, the illness, the difficult, the challenge, the pain is not encompassed under your rahmah. It's it's coming from your rahmah. I may not understand it, but it's all under your rahmah. I deserve it. I'm worthy of it. If you speak to Allah like that, brothers and sisters, and you think, rest assured, you're under his mercy. It touches you. It has to. Otherwise, we're not here. But we don't understand it. And we accuse God. So who understands it? Angels. (laughs) There's a name of Allah. Wasi'ah. What is wasi'ah? Name of God. Encompasses. He's so wide. No one is left out. How arrogant of the human being to not understand that, or excuse me, to deny that, and to exclude others from it. Uh, you're horrible. You're out. Right? <laughs> Look, how often do we do this, where we start throwing people out of God's circle? Mercy by force. Like, no, that's, that's it. You're out. Because I'm better than you. You're not worthy of this, etc., etc. Rendering judgments of people, throwing them out of God's mercy. Angels don't do that. But they say something else powerful. Their understanding is that God encompassed everything with his ilm. Why is that important? They say there is not a thing that escapes his knowledge. That's very important. He witnesses everything, he sees everything. But that everything happens because of what? His knowledge. Does that make sense? The knowledge of God and his wisdom encompasses everything. It's amazing to know that the difficulties in my life are not an accident. They have perfect wisdom and knowledge behind them, and it's from Allah. It's encompassed under, it's not just random that somebody hurt you. No, it's meant to be. It's a test. Now it doesn't mean our short, you know, our mistakes are God's knowledge, well, He knows about them, but we made them. We have will, limited will, right? To exercise judgment and to make choices. But Allah still knows about them, and whatever He permits, He permits by His knowledge. Make sense? Imagine the strength we gain in our lives if we had that understanding. Just that understanding. Ya Allah, you encompass everything with your mercy and your rahmah. In, in, your, in your mercy and your knowledge. Then they, then they asked Allah, after saying that, praising God like, as such, they said, Ya Allah, forgive those who did tawbah to you. Specifically, those who return constantly back to you. When we spoke of, when we uh, covered Surah Sad, what was the key quality of Prophet Dawood? David and Suleyman. Innahu. Khaasla to turn turning back to God. Khaasla to turn back to God. That's amazing. And they recognize when they made mistakes. I need Allah. I need Allah. That's an incredible quality. So the angels are saying, those who constantly turn back to you, forgive them especially. Because they're humble. They're humble. They don't think they're too good to ask. Or that they don't make mistakes. Enough for you and I to just acknowledge that we need God. That we make mistakes. Then he says, and those and, and, and protect them from the torment of the hell, not enough. They're, they're not satisfied yet. What do they want for you and me? Just to be forgiven? They're very eager. They want to see you and me where? In Jannah. They continue. The dua is continuing. Ya Allah, enter them. Those who believe in you, those who try, those who are humble enough to keep turning back to you, enter them into Jannah Adn the highest of the paradises. The one that you have promised them and those who have salaha, the good ones, from their parents, their spouses, and their children. Indeed, you are powerful and you are wise. Mm -hmm. And protect them from ill deeds and whoever you protect from your good deeds is encompassed under your mercy and that is indeed the great triumph. What's, what's, What's amazing about this? They're keen on what? Seeing you happy, not just by yourself. For who to be included with you and join you in paradise? Your family. They understand that. They understand that God is not there to deprive and break a family apart. They said, oh Allah, join them with their parents, their children, and their spouses. What is paradise without your family? Right? So they're even keen to say, oh Allah, even if their family's tried a little bit, put, please put them with them. And indeed, that's a promise of Allah. And why would Allah have the angels make that dua? Except that he wants to do what? Give it to you and me. Does that make sense? You see, we again fail to understand Allah. We attribute to him things that are unbefitting of God. We say, oh yeah, it's it's like he's out to get us, right? Allah wants to put us with our families in Jannah. Why would he give us our families on this earth if he didn't want to join us with them? In, in the ultimate abode, why would you want to, to experience the feeling of love for your children here and then suddenly say, mm, Done, gone? He just wants us to try and believe and trust in Him. How much do we struggle with our children? Oh my God, what's going to happen to them with faith, with Islam, with this, with that? Trust in Allah. We should trust in Allah. Wallahi, for the, there's a hadith on this, the, and, and verses in the Quran. That indeed, if they just believed, tried, parents, children, he'll join them with them. No matter what your rank is, that someone in the family, whoever is highest, will pull everyone. It's stated in the hadith. The highest in the family will pull their children, parents, and everybody up. Why? Because Allah is generous. Because Allah is kind. So that's what we need to pray for is one person in our lineage to be really good, right? Even if we mess up, he or she will pull us. And it could be that grandchild from a tenth generation that just one person to really do well. But everybody else is a mess up, right? But they believe in God? We're set free, inshallah. That's the promise of who? Not mine. Promise of Allah. And who's making dua for it? Don't you think they know something? We or know? They know. That's Allah's generosity and kindness, but we gotta try. So inshallah, Allah telling you, don't fear. Just try your best, do your best. Well, Allah, we're all concerned for our children and our parents and the state of our families. Allah says, just watch what I'll do, but put faith in me. Then Allah Azza Jalla says, say, uh, ladina <laughs> kafaru He says, you know, those who turned away, deliberately disbelieved in God, rebelled, and so on, <laughs> they're going to be called one day, calling. Remember, they didn't want to call. So one day it's too late, it's done, life is over, and they're going to be called, and they're going to witness something amazing. He says akbar. They're going to be told the aversion of Allah towards what they've done is greater than their aversion to themselves. You know when you recognize you really messed up? You missed a million dollars. All you had to do is just go open a box. And you just passed it. And people were telling you, like, open that box. And they're like, ah, what's, what are the odds? And you left. You're like, oh, it is gone. What are you going to do to yourself when you discover later it was real? You're going to hate yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Hey, How often do you say, I hate myself for doing that? I hate yeah. myself that I forgot. I can't believe I've done that. And you start hating yourself. That's called aversion of oneself, loathing. Allah says they're going to hate themselves for being arrogant and not listening. They're going to hate themselves so much because it's too late, but they're going to realize God's aversion to what they've done to them is greater than their aversion of what? Themselves. That's a very deep statement. It's not liked with Allah that people rebel and cross the line over and over and over and become arrogant not to turn to Allah himself. Um, and he specifically highlights the fact that whenever Allah's called, they hate it. They don't want Allah to be called by anyone. Do you notice some people, not only don't want to call God, but when they, somebody mentions God, what happens to them? Aversion, mm, disgust. It's like, I call God, uh, what is this prayer or salah thing? And they make mock God himself. Allah's, that's what he's talking about. Wow, that level of disgust for God, what has he done for them? But good, hatred, aversion. And one day, they'll see that a version turned on them. And Allah Azza wa Jal, insha'Allah, um, will fast forward to the, the story of the man, because this, so, this surah, one of the names of it, is also what? Al-Mu'min. So it's called Ghafir, but it's also called Al-Mu'min, the believer, referencing this story. That is going to illustrate all these concepts now. So Allah, we pick up in, um, in verse with verse 26 where Pharaoh, say, Oh, leave me. To Musa, I'm gonna kill him. Leave him to me. You know, when he say, Hey, just get, just just let me let go, let me go, let me let me go get him. Right? That's what he's saying. It's like a bully. Literally a bully. It's like, let me, let me, let me do it, let me do it, let me go kill him. Right? A bully. Can you imagine this, fe- like how when somebody is really behaving like that in front of you, and you know how they have power, how does it make you feel? It's terrifying. It's a terrifying bullish behavior, bullish behavior. And it's just horrible, but he also acts on it. The guy is a killer, he's a savage. Mm-hmm. And he says, Walid, and let him do what? Look at his arrogance. Let him call his God. Okay. So he's mimic. he's mocking what? God, and the fact that someone is calling. He's like, you're call God? I'm gonna go crush you. Call him. Let me see what, what he does. Wow, what arrogance is that of Fir'aun? And then, and of course he lies to his people and say, I'm just afraid that he's going to corrupt the land, corrupt your way. False allegations, fabrications. You see, when you want to hurt someone out of whatever, hate, jealousy, etc., etc you're going to just falsify things. Oh, because you can't, even as a, as, a, as a ruler, the ruler will have to still fabricate and brainwash people, saying, these are horrible demons. They're devils. That's why we need to finish them off. Right? Propaganda. The propaganda of Fir'aun is that Musa, Moses, was going to corrupt Egypt, destroy Egypt, destroy the way of people. So we need to kill him because he became popular. So he needs to fabricate through a propaganda campaign against him. Then what does Musa do? Now, remember, I said in this surah, we're going to learn about calling Allah how to call Allah, <coughs> calling to Allah, but also like a specific critical time in our lives when you really need Allah, which is what? Refuge. Plotting against you, harm. So what did Musa do? He was like, oh in trouble. The guy's gonna come after me, kill me, finish me off. And he, he would do it. <coughs> I seek refuge in Allah from all of you. I seek refuge in Allah. My Lord and Your Lord, and from every arrogant one that does not believe in God. So this is very important. in so it's very important to do isti'ada, right? The last two surahs of the Quran are what? A'udhu, a'udhu. I seek refuge in God from this harm. Sometimes we belittle. No, as soon as you recognize you're about to be harmed or someone is harming you, say Inni bi I will seek refuge. in you know Allah From you, from this, whatever it is ailment even Do isti'ada seeking refuge in God with full trust and Allah will protect him, Inshallah. With his knowledge right with his hikmah. I mean it doesn't necessarily mean the trial will be over No, that's not how things happen Allah has knowledge, right, but Allah is the protector and you're in his eyes You're in his you're under his guard, but it's a very important thing Allah is highlighting it that Musa himself said ya Allah I seek refuge in you from their heart then Allah in verse 28 highlights the story of this man who's unnamed. Mm. Suddenly, you know when there's oppression and injustice, everybody is what? Silent. Why? Fear. You know, I say not just injustice. Look, look at society in general. Everybody wants to clap for the, what, the ruler. Yay! For the people in charge. Yay, and they start actually endorsing their injustice, including religious people. They actually call them the scholars of the ruler. Oh, they're very, mashallah. Wide, you know, uh, widely available amongst even Muslims in this world, right? The, the, even the scholars and the so-called scholars, and the Imams and so on and so forth, who endorse actually acts of injustice to please who the ruler and get some benefits from them. This is not not just specific to now. The Prophet spoke about this, that there are people who would do this, use the knowledge itself to further the injustice and the oppression of the ruler against his people. Why? Because they are hypocrisy, because they don't, right now there's outward righteousness, but in time, their God is the ruler, or whoever is acting injustice. Now fear is, is understandable but not to go to the level of endorsing an injustice. Make sense? At least we should be, what? Silent, but don't endorse it. So some people go to that level, but generally when there's fear, people are just going to protect themselves and not say anything. Even good people. Good people will not be able to say a word. And it doesn't have to be in the level of politics, but also family, community. You know how many communities have been destroyed? Yeah, and it's time. And how many masajid have gone down the tubes just because people stand at the side silent? Stand silent. Well, mess ups are happening, like corruption is happening. Right? Because they say it's none of my business. Not of my business. Let somebody else take care of it. Allah says this is not good. Because all that oppression and injustice needs, falsehood for it to prevail, is for the voices of truth what? to be silent. That's it. That's it. And it will overpower it for sure. So Allah highlights and honors this man by saying, "Mm, but suddenly out of that court, the court of Firaun, where everybody is terrified of Firaun and not saying a word, one man stood up, a witness, shahid. He knew that this is
1: wrong.
0: And he was what? He actually was a believer, but he couldn't say it because Firaun would kill him. So he wanted out to just say, listen, this guy's this is nonsense. You're going to call this man, kill this man for nothing but doing something good? So he couldn't contain it, and Allah is honoring him by saying, please pay attention to this man, this beautiful man who is unnamed that Allah is going to commemorate and eternalize his story in the Qur'an forever. What did he do? He said, this man stood up, and now he's going to teach us how he did it. He had courage. He's a witness to the truth. He stood up and he said, Oh my people, would you kill a man who just merely said, "My master, my God is Allah"? And indeed, you've seen evidences of you know messages like this before, so on and so forth. Oh my people, if he's a liar, then his lies are going to hurt him. And if he's truthful, you will also benefit. Indeed, God does not guide those who are excessive and who are liars. What is he doing here? What do you think? He's appealing to what? Right, yeah. it's logic. Lies. Please think with me. Please, please, this, everybody calm down. Everybody calm down, right? Why would you wanna kill him? And he's talking to uh, the common people in the courts, like, hey listen, is about to kill him. Why would you kill him? Right, for just talking that he's worshiping God? Like, how does that harm us? So, okay, there are two possibilities. He's appealing to their rational mind, Either he's lying, there's no such a thing as a God. So, what's a loss? There's no loss. It doesn't, it's going to hurt him if he's lying. It doesn't hurt us. But if he's truthful, ooh, subhanallah, a lot. Like, wow. We're going to end up believing in something that is, that, you know, that is very important, which is God. So, we're going to benefit. So, in either case, we shouldn't be doing what? Killing them. So, he's appealing to their logic. And then he, say, and he says, so he goes on. So number one, he used this method, methodology of appealing to the rational mind, to reason, to logic, which is very important in da'wah. So he's doing what? He's calling to God, by the way, here. He's calling to Allah, but also calling out their oppression. Very important. Calling to God, the truth, but also identifying, helping people see injustice. Because people are blind, brothers and sisters. And sometimes we need to be reminded that this is injustice. Sometimes we start believing it. Yeah, maybe, maybe they have a reason to do this, blah, 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 right? Somebody needs to say, no, 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 this is wrong. This is outright corruption. This is evil. And when you're here, doesn't it strengthen you? How often do we feel emboldened when we feel, when we see somebody like, even in the public, step, standing up, toward, you know, to, to standing up to injustice? We like, feel very strengthened, right? We feel good. That's the nature of testimony to truth We need those people on earth that remind us of what truth is and this man did it first appealing to reason then he says um, "O oh my people verse 30 Oh my and then he says "Ya yeah, qawmi," me so very similar to the people to the person in surah yaseen all my people, all my people, he's telling them he's humble. He's not saying, Hey, you guys are messed up, you're going to be destroyed and crushed. He's all my people, I'm afraid for you and us that will indeed be afflicted and finished off like the people before us who committed injustices. So, what is he doing right now? He's expressing his appeal with humility. And saying, I'm with you, I'm one of you, my people, my people, exactly like the person in Surah Yasin. So first appealing to reason, number two, humility. He's not saying I'm better than you, and you're going to get the wrath of God. No, 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 my people, please, please, we're going to get hurt. all of us. I'm one of you. And then he says, So he took them back into the past, very intelligent. He says, you know, there are times before us where these nations rebelled, etc., 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 and they were destroyed completely. He took them back into what? Past, history. So when you're doing da'wah, it's a good thing to know something from what? The past. Right? But also, He took them where? Into the future by telling them, Ya qawmi, my people, inni أَخَافُ alaykum, I am afraid for you. I fear for you for the day of Tanad. What's Tanad? Calling. A day of mutual calling, what's that day? The day of judgment amongst its names is a day of mutual calling, people will be calling. Remember, the whole story is about calling. Allah says call before it's too late. While there is a day in which we're still gonna be calling and we'll know when we leave this life that there's only one to call, Allah. And people will be calling him for actually out of joy or calling out of what? Like pain, please take me now, right? And people will be calling each other. Do you remember? Do you remember? Etc., etc. They'll be talking to each other. So he's telling them there is a day in which we're going to be calling each other and calling upon God. Please stop what you're doing right now before it's too late. And um, then fast forward, Allah interjects with other verses and then picks up in 38 by saying, so he picks up by saying oh my people please follow me I shall guide you to the truth to the path of, of, of good O oh my people this world is nothing but a fleeting abode it's going to go away it's only a matter of time etc etc and then he says in verse 41, Apparently they started to threaten him. And say, we're gonna, we're gonna give it to you. If you don't stop this. Right? So he says to them, Oh my people, why am I calling you to something that benefits you and you're calling me to the to the to the hellfire, to burn me? Right? It doesn't make any sense. He's still trying to appeal to their logic and to their hearts. They don't listen. And then in verse 44, inshallah will end with this. When he gave up on them. They're really like, we're going to kill you, we're going to kill you, we're going to kill you. So he's trying to appeal to their minds, to their hearts. He's humble, nothing is working. He took them to the past, to the future. Reminded them, they're not listening. So he concludes by saying what? Beautiful verse, write it down, verse 44. We desperately need when calling upon Allah Azza wa Jal. When we're getting hurt, harmed, threatened, when there are plots or schemes. He says, You're gonna remember what I told you. You're gonna remember it. When? Next world. Day of judgment. We're gonna remember everything very vividly. You're gonna remember what I told you. Ask for me, what do I do? Wa What does that mean? Ufawudu, I turn over my affairs completely to Allah. He's fully aware and he sees all his creation. It's actually a du'a. So the scholars say this du'a, it, the du'a of this believer is the du'a that you should invoke when, similar to him, when people are scheming, plotting, hurting you, or threatening to hurt you. Any type of plotting. No matter what it is, we should be making the du'a what? What is the du'a again? أَمْرِي إِلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ I turn over my affairs to God. He's indeed aware and he sees everyone. So Allah says because he did that, what, what happened? فَوَقَاهُ اللَّهُ Allah protected them. We don't know what the details, but Allah protected them from their evil and their schemes and the punishment surrounded the people of Firaun. I mean their decade. Right? Um, and again, reminder verse 60, where Allah says, وَقَالَ a summation of the surah وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ أَدْعُونِيَ And Allah said, Command, ask me, ask me, ask me, turn to me and ask, right? Call upon me, I shall answer you. No matter what it is that we ask Allah, Allah answers, but in ways that are not knowable to us sometimes. Make sense? Based upon His rahmah. Mercy and, what did the angels say? Knowledge, right? That indeed those who turn away from the worship <laughs> and the calling upon God and calling to God have lost it. All, inshallah, we end here. Um, open the floor, inshallah, for questions or comments. Barakallah um, inshallah. May Allah accept from all of us. Amen.
1: Oh God! Okay. Sorry. So okay. um, <clears throat> I wanted. I think uh, uh, we said we leave everything to Allah. I think. Uh, let me go back probably two, uh, about three s- Sundays ago. I think you used the word that we Muslims were kind of lazy a little bit, lazy, and then we don't speak, mm-hmm. like. Yes, we don't speak up. We keep quiet. I think the fact that we say we leave everything to Allah, we don't take action. Say, okay, Allah will take care of it. We need to take the action and give something some to Allah to work, work with us. To, to, uh, and, and number two, verse eight, the, the, the dua by the uh, um, angels for us to return back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started from there. We made a mistake. We came down here to go through a test to go back up there. So for me, that's a summation for Islam, you know, yeah. we made a mistake. We're down here to prove ourselves again and go up there. But again, it comes to, we're going to be with, with our family, But they say on the day of judgment, it's a really chaotic day that everybody's mm-hmm. going to try to mm-hmm. save themselves. So how does, how does it reconcile with, you know?
0: Yeah, so this is very important. It's a very good question. Uh, first of all, we summarize a lot. Just make it, we need to make an effort. God Almighty, Allah doesn't under, doesn't accept that. We just we take Him for granted. No, He says for yourselves, and we are the ones who gain from our efforts. And it's all about pushing ourselves to fulfill our potential. It's really about I mean, it's an incredible mission, fulfilling our potential, right? And it's all through turning to Allah Azza wa Jal, but also pushing our limits a little bit, right? With with with, with worship with 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 improving and reforming our characters on this earth and doing good very simple but also repenting whenever we make mistakes that's it that's all Allah is asking us we're going to make mistakes effort to go back because Adam that's what he was on earth but let me say something about this joining the families oftentimes you know when we look at verses that speak of people running away from each other we need to look at the context and who it's referring to Allah is referring generally to the human being but specifically to those who are really kind of didn't do what they were supposed to Because you understand verses in the Quran how? Not individually. We make a mistake if we just look at one verse. You gotta look at all references to the same idea. So if you go, for example, to Surah uh, At-Tur, Allah will see him saying, promising, that he'll join the believers with their families. So how can you reconcile, on the one hand, that they're running away from each other, but God is saying, I guarantee you you're not gonna be afraid. I guarantee you're not gonna be sad. And I'm promising you'll be with your families. How will reconcile them. Very simple, for me, Allah knows best that when he speaks of people running away from each other, he's not talking about the believers. Very yes. simple. And there's specific hadith on this and verses of the Quran, so be careful. Oftentimes we see interpretations saying, oh, you're gonna be running, you're gonna hate your parents. You're gonna be running away from them. You've running away from your children. I say, wow, that's terrifying. But I thought Allah guaranteed us that there's no fear or grief, right? And then there's another verse that says, well, you're gonna be with your family. Clearly, he's not talking about the same group. Very simple. If Allah assured the believer that there is no fear and no grief, even upon the moment of separation from this life, how is it that he's gonna terrify this human being on the day of judgment? For me, they don't mesh together. But that's how you understand verses collectively. Make sense? Are we, inshallah, good? But I'm glad you mentioned it. Very, very glad you mentioned it. And by the way, this verse where the angels are asking is also another proof that that's what God wants to do. What he wants to do is to actually have you there with your family, happy ever after. Right? Because he created those bonds anyway. It's very difficult for human
2: mind. Right. And the exactly. So, yeah. so the question is that the question here is that, I mean, there was a beautifully described in Tafsir uh, that the conversation between Adam and Salam and and between Allah. So Adam al Salam asking Allah. Adam who?
0: Adam and Salam. Adam al Salam. Okay.
2: So so he's asking Allah that uh, didn't you know that I'm going to commit sin? I'm going to disobey you. Allah said, yes, so uh, can't you not forgive me uh, for that sin and give me my garden back one day. So Allah taught him this dua. So, so that thing is not, it's not kind of thing that we're not going to commit sin. The human beings are created in a way with the will. Allah has given a will. So the best thing is, I mean, Allah... It's Allah has all the power to punish us because we commit sin all the time. But the beauty here is that he chooses to forgive us. And that is the greatness, that is the, the thing with that, that we have to really understand those things, that his door of mercy is open. Nobody can take away these things from you. He will keep asking you, come back, come back, come back. And he's very knowledgeable. Allah knew that I'm creating with yeah. this Khalifa. Right. He's going to commit sin and his project is going to be, be going all, all, all over there and they will turn away from him. And But some people will turn back to him. And that's why, you know, those third ayah of, of this, this surah is so important in that regard that I'm <coughs> here.
3: Come back. Yes, yes.
2: And nobody can stop that. No yeah. president, no, no judge, nobody <laughs> can stop that. That's it. the only thing is you, the who can stop, close the door. But Allah
0: is, is open. That's the, uh, for highlighting. This is a very key theme in this surah. That God's mercy is the It's so far reaching. It's so supreme. It's incomprehensible. And the door of mercy, he said it never shuts, and a beautifully pointed nobody. It's nobody's business. Nobody can shut it off in front of you. Because it's God's door anyway. So no matter what people say, it's not up to anybody. It's up to you and me to just look and say, oh God, just take us." That's incredible. And, and, and because of his also extensive mercy and generosity and kindness, even the littlest call, littlest, tiniest, for him is like, it's like a heaven, the weight of the heavens. Make sense? It's like a parent who is very happy with their child that they just made a try. Right? They're messed up and they finally said (laughs) they got a like a C. They've been getting F's and they're like, Yay, it's Aid. Because they just tried one day. That's how Allah treats us. Because of his extensive, incomprehensible mercy. Barakallah feek inshallah. Um, comments? Questions? Wow, today you guys are sleepy or
1: something. Are you guys okay?
0: I just wanna say one thing. I mean the mercy of Allah will reach only who turn to Allah
3: right
0: so in a sense see we, we talked about this last time also because essentially the people who forget Allah and His existence it's very hard for Allah to give them that mercy so, in, so essentially you have to seek Allah and then Allah mercy will reach you mm-hmm. but otherwise you don't just assume Allah is merciful and uh, he's
3: right. gonna just forgive everything. Yeah, it still depends. What is that? That uh, notion is still the, the pain because hmm, sometimes you do so search, you look at things, that the statement that the people that uh, will get the mercy or the forgiveness of Allah is those ones that sought for it. Okay. Now somebody might not. Because disbelieving is not the act that disbelieving, but it's what is inside the heart. People can do wrong knowing what they are doing is wrong. If they are forced to do it. For example, you see people, they completely have the mm-hmm. traps. okay? When the when he talks about three ways of correcting some that is not good, Rasulullah sallallahu "Do it with your hand if you can, do with your action, and if you can, then do it with your mind. That you cannot, you can reject the action. Now, with the concept, what about it?" people that will get messy, not because of what they don't, but because somebody pray for them. Mm. Mm. Somebody mm. make yeah. prayer for them. You were saying the concept of let's get one person that will make the one and it will drag the others. Right. Yeah. So it, it's when it comes to this right, right. it's something that you can grab you, you, you know, it's very important. This is very
0: good. Very good point actually. Mm. alhamdulillah God's mercy will never understand like it. And, and all of his attributes. What we do is make a tiny attempt, but it's so incomprehensible beyond our imagination. Now, the scholars have said, even Brother Nabir, on this concept of, the, of Rahmah, there's already Rahmah that we're all touched by. Otherwise, none of us will be in existence. And, and part of this is, is breathing the air and, and just having a heart to beat and being alive. Life itself is rahma, of Allah. So everybody, even those who are the most rebellious, have already in the Rahmah of Allah in that sense. But they speak also of a special mercy that you're speaking about, Nabir, that is only given to those who turn to God. Right? Because clearly, if somebody has been neglectful, you know, deliberately neglectful yes. of God, deliberately yes. rebellious, deliberately and non-remorseful, and, 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 clearly, I mean, Allah says lamaqtullah. No, 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 there is... Shadid al-aqab, there is intense punishment waiting for them for accountability. There's no doubt. So absolutely, there's this concept that just because somebody, you know, just because they're creatures of God that they're going to get it all. No, absolutely not. They're not going to qualify for that special rahmah of Allah that, that Nabi is speaking about. But also Abdullah is talking about just generally, generally, even if you have not, like you really messed up and you never know the conditions of people. But that's what we say. Like, maybe somebody really. You know, is somebody I, was ta- I was having a conversation with somebody, and they were talking about this like, small athlete. And you know, this athlete is Muslim, but they're like, eh, not the best. Not the best. Um, but I'm like, have you seen, remember that before the soccer game, how he raises his hand? Yeah. He says, you know, this person was a little bit like, they're like, you don't understand, these people are like, they're just spoiled. And like, do you see that moment? That moment might be worth everything to Allah. Just because he turned, even before he talking again, like just take it a moment to make du'a to Allah. Who are we to judge? Allah's mercy and how to encompass him. We are not, we're not God. We don't know anything. We just leave it to Allah and actually ask for his rahmah to encompass everyone. So
3: um, it's very that's important
0: that's to, to really appreciate because there are du'as on this that somebody random will make du'a for you and because of that, you're, it doesn't mean I will know accountability though. Accountability has to be there for acts of injustice, oppression, denials, etc. etc. No, rights have to be restored. But you just never know how it plays out because it's, it's beyond our imagination. And our minds, brothers and sisters, are finite. We'll never understand
3: the infinite attributes of God and how, we, how it manifests. But the reason why I, I, I'm saying this is because, you know, when we believe her and we do what she <coughs> do, everything comes to us in the realm of what is wrong, what is right, what is allowed, what is. It comes. Right. There was this story that Sheikh Sharpe refused to go to Beria for a Sabbath. because of what? Because he's an he's a drunkard. It's mm. in his it's in his book that he was imagine right. he's a muslim but he doesn't do nothing right he just he drinks all the time mm. he does imam shafin refused to go to his burial because of that and he saw in his own dream mm. that this person is admitted right he went to the wife the following day right. asking what is happening you know, well, my, my, my husband doesn't do right. don't do anything but there's one thing I know he does that he gives things to people on Friday mm. look at the that simple thing in the front of Allah that's why a human being will come on the day of judgment we will be shocked we see people that we think they are evil people uh, uh, yeah. I mean, they admitgend because we don't know, know where do not, and, and Allah's infinite knowledge is the so one that encompasses that knowledge practice. is where. Yeah. But when you are fujar, those people that they live with, they live and so say yes. Mm-hmm. Huh? Maybe. Barakah,
0: brother. I just, you know. No, very important to understand this, that the infinite depth of it that we'll never understand. It. So let's, inshallah, wrap up. after the inshallah. And, the and brother was
2: asking before me, so I'm going to give him a chance, and I will. Speak. Please. Go
0: ahead. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, but you know, I'm gonna say that, and it's okay. I'm gonna do hard at the end of my life when I'm old, and all my force will be mistaken for me. I see so that of the life domain
3: in the Muslim community, especially in
2: my
0: country, where people are doing wrong and people are praying, and all the mosques are everywhere, but corruption is there, oppression is there, and is there. They so think that at that, that <coughs> So first of all, Brother asks, yeah, it's only specific to your country. They we don't know that problem at all. <laughs> so I don't, do you know what he's talking about? <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Like maybe you need to talk to me a little bit more about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is, mashallah, all of our problem. And Allah says, look at this. Go to verse 14. When you call upon Allah, better be sincere. Mean it. Allah's not Allah is infinite. No knowledge. He knows who, know, who means it and who's using it and who's misusing it. it makes sense? Allah knows. And the one who's not coupling his dua with action is not even being sincere. So, Allah, forgive me, but I want to insist. Ya Allah, forgive me, but I want to oppress. And they're too arrogant to even repent over hurting someone. That's Allah says mukhlas. Mukhlas means you really are sincere. You really want it. You're making an effort for it. So, Allah knows what is sincere and what is not sincere. Very important point. Let's inshallah so, wrap. I just
2: wanted to make a comparison here that if you commit a crime in the society and you realize that you had committed the crime and you said, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize for that. Do you think the judge or magistrate will give you a free pass? That's true. He will punish you. He will do Look at the Allah. Allah has a power to punish you, but he chooses to forgive you. True. I mean, that is the true power. So you have to really understand That's amazing, how in that way, that is... who has a true power, that not only he will forgive you, he will clean your sight. Right. He will clean your sight for the forgiveness. So the comparison, you have
0: to see Allah's forgiveness. That is so true. And, and that's very important. Let's wrap up on this. Allah's forgiveness is not like human forgiveness. Yeah. It's so overpowering, he clean your slate completely and actually convert the shortcoming and sin to good deeds. Good deed, yes. Out of his love and affection. we will all going to be astounded brothers and sisters. When he says ghafoor, you understand the concept to just trust in that. But also just a couple of reminders. Remember please as, as, as an insight from the surah, what the angels are doing right now when you make dhikr. When you make istighfar they're saying ameen to your du'as, making your du'a for you and me even for our children, so that inshallah, inshallah, we need to feel yeah, just better about what's gonna happen to all of us, but also...
1: I'm just gonna be your
0: friend. What is it? I'm just gonna be your friend, and then I will go to Jannah together. Oh, inshallah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, gonna be in trouble, man. No, no, don't. But also, I wanna say something, barakallah may Allah accept. And inshallah, help us remind each other. The man stood up. Wallahi, bless said we need these people. We need us to be witnesses, that when we see yeah, and injustice is committed, we don't just stay silent on the side, very important. And calling to Allah, calling Allah, calling to Allah. This is this is what the Surah said. And it's such a beautiful thing that Allah makes it so simple for all of us. Reminder, inshallah, uh, well, sister, sister uh, Meher Nessa Hussain is in the hospital. We ask Allah Azza to heal her completely Amen. and bestow upon her his mercy and his cure that Inshallah she does not experience any pain or illness after that, Inshallah. May Allah strengthen her family, Allahumma ameem. And no thanksgiving next weekend, no halaqa, Friday night or Sunday morning, okay? So Still come, pray, but Inshallah no halaqa, next weekend we're off. And Barakallah fikum Inshallah, we ask Allah to bless and strengthen all of us, to guide us, to be among those who call him, and call to him, Ya Allah, grant us the ability, Ya Allah, to thank you and to call you sincerely, Ya Allah, grant us your forgiveness, grant forgiveness to our children and our parents, join us with them in Gen for those, Ya Allah, fulfill the du'as of the angels for us, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, fulfill the du'as of Prophet Muhammad وسلم, Ya Allah, join us with him, Ya Allah, join us with our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Guide, us and guide our children and guide the ummah, ya Allah ya Allah ya Allah ask for your protection ya Allah your rahma ya Allah ya Allah encompass with with your, your rahma your wisdom your gentleness and your kindness Allahumma amin
1: mm-hmm. Allahumma
0: amin wa salli lana ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali wa sahbihi wa assalamu alaykum